0: You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. You're listening right now to The Self-Advocate with your host, Alison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Alison Mira Klein or on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. This episode is going to be a little bit different because we're about to end summer. boo-hoo, but you know, I love summer. We can still do stuff outside in the fun, in the sun. So I thought, for the end of summer, do gardening. How do we do gardening if we have disabilities? My first guests today are going to be Michelle and Sasha of the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association, DIGA. We're going to have so much fun. It's I'm going to learn a lot, I hope. But before I talk with Michelle and Sasha about DIGA, the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association, let's put on our intro theme song Possibilities by Key Sarah. heard is Possibilities by Key Sarah. Key Sarah is a mother-daughter duo from Ontario. The daughter who is singing is on the autism spectrum. You're listening to the self-advocate on CFRO Co op Radio 100.5 FM with your host Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein or on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. So, this episode is all about gardening because we're just finishing up summer, my favorite season, and my first guests are Michelle and Sasha, who are the program coordinator and intern for the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association. Thank you so much, both of you, for being on my show. Happy to be here.
1: Yes, happy to be here as well. Thank you so much, Alison.
0: First off, why should people go to the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association Digga.
2: Well, um, maybe we should tackle a broader question. Why should people garden in general?
0: Why should people garden in general? That's a great question.
2: (laughs) Okay, well, um, (laughs) well, apart from the obvious, um, being with plants and being um, submersed in your environment is a very healing um, experience, and um, being one with nature is just it's very regenerative and and it offers a good source of um, exercise and you you just get um, a lot of fulfillment from working with your fellow gardeners and planting and feeling that satisfaction that you can eat what you've grown and you can't really beat fresh produce. it really encourages um, people to eat greener and healthier so. Yeah. Um, why should people join DIGA? Well, um, we are a very small nonprofit. Um, our nonprofit first originated actually on Vancouver Island. So Vancouver was not, um, its birthplace. It was established by, um, someone who suffered a long time with arthritis named Barbara Rayner, And she noticed, um, that gardening was an activity that um, allowed her to be outside of herself, so that time when she gardened, she forgot about her pain and just just was able to live in the moment. And then um, we um, took over that um, association in 2003, actually our founder of the Larger Disability Foundation, which the digga falls under. Um, our founder, Sam Sullivan, actually kind of brought it over to the lower mainland where it's situated today. So I I think um yeah just like what the founder intended, um it allows people that might not otherwise garden have an opportunity to garden. Um given our our accessible um methods for for how we approach um the hobby that's
0: great and and to be able to eat what we grow for the disability community is so important not only to be able to be outside to have some exercise which helps our own health but also eat something that is that we have made or contributed to have been making and also another health benefit of eating fruits and veggies instead of junk food which I admit it I love junk food.
1: But I think we're all guilty of it. Totally, totally. I think also just the the community that Diggas programs foster has been so special to see um, a lot of the gardeners get to know each other and get to be a part of the broader community at the gardens themselves, which is always so amazing to see. And even throughout COVID, um, I think that we've been able to foster a sense of community through Virtual platforms, um, such as our Growable workshops, which are, they've, they've moved online through the Zoom format um, due to COVID. But I know, um, as Michelle and I often talk about, the benefits of a virtual platform are really extensive. You just get to reach a wider audience that may not have had access to DIGA's programs um, beforehand, before they were on a virtual platform Um, yeah I I think that's another really really cool aspect of our programs that I've gotten to see this summer is just how much of a community they foster for for everyone
0: that's really important and to be able to expand as well to others who might not have been able to get the chance to enjoy the programs. What are some of your favorite things that you have seen or positive changes that both of you have seen since starting with DIGA?
2: Well, um, I started in November 2020 as the um, program assistant. Um and from what I've seen, um, is the pandemic has really highlighted how adaptable organizations can be in the face of challenging circumstances. And being um, being part of the Disability Foundation, where our slogan is "reimagine what what's possible," I think um, Diga and the foundation as a whole was really able to best demonstrate how adaptable our programs are, and we were able to think outside of the box and and really just um, flourish in this in environment that can be really challenging and like sasha mentioned um, we we had to stop our in person workshops but in stopping that, we were able to birth something new and even more accessible by um developing our virtual global series, which is our um zoom adapted workshops, so people were so able to communicate with each other and learn about gardening um from the safety of their homes.
0: What type of you mentioned programs, Michelle? What type of programs do you provide online since now we're in middle of a pandemic okay
2: well prior to the pandemic all of our programs were in person and we had in-person gardening at um community gardens and um we had in-person workshops at either the community gardens on site or um at various rec centers in um vancouver but since um, the pandemic raged on, we had to quickly adapt to a virtual platform, Zoom, where we adapted our our content to to a Zoom audience, where we would invite um, experts, expert gardeners, master gardeners, um, Diga members themselves, or the staff. They they would be invited to kind of talk about what what. Um, passions they have for gardening. Um, we cover a variety of topics from seasonal centerpieces to um, to winterizing your garden, to hydroponics. Um, we actually did one on sauerkra- making your own sauerkraut. Um, yeah so the topics really um, kind of run the gamut and what's really awesome about the virtual platform is that people were still able to um, join in from the safety of their own home and still socialize
0: with like-minded individuals
2: at the association.
0: That sounds really yummy, to eat homemade sauerkraut. And to make your own sauerkraut? Oh my goodness. My grandpa has a recipe that my family has now started making is uh, pickled eggs.
2: I want to try that.
0: Great recipe. It's very, very different. What are your guys' favorite things to garden and to make? I'll start with you, Michelle. Okay.
2: um, My favorite thing to garden. Hmm. I personally love strawberries or um, potatoes Um, basically anything that fruits, but I think my favorite flower would have to be fuchsias. Um, I just grew up um, in a variety of different sun exposures because I moved around a lot and most recently I moved from a very shady um, kind of north-facing environment so all you could really grow was shade plants but I really um, developed an affinity for fuchsias they just had such a unique flower and they can grow in part shades so yeah so you can actually grow
0: beautiful things in the shade people that sounds lovely and what about you Sasha what's your favorite things to grow
1: Ooh, I would definitely have to say that this summer I've really enjoyed garlic um, I think that it's just so it's so versatile once you harvest it um, and I cook so much with garlic that it's been really nice to be able to try um, like homegrown garlic uh, for the first time. One of Diga's members actually lent me a few of her um, she didn't have enough room in her garden plot for all of her garlic. So she gave me a few garlic heads to grow in my own planter at home. Um, and that was super cool to, yeah, to kind of share um, share that experience with her and to be able to harvest my own garlic and put it in like sautés and stir fries Um, I would definitely have to go with garlic.
0: You guys are making me so hungry now for eating potatoes and strawberries and garlic. I'm glad I ate before this.
2: um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right? Good food. Really good food from the garden. Seeing flowers grow, I love to take photos of flowers and put it up on my Instagram page. And I, me, and taking photos of flowers, I'm being obsessed with that. I actually got flower tattoo, my first tattoo ever, is of a flower. What flower? It's a little rose. Aww. Thinking of flowers now, and fuchsias are so beautiful, and they're great for planters even better
2: definitely and for all of you people that are saying i can't grow anything in the shade you can definitely grow things in the shade you just need to think outside of the box
0: that is so true with that let's go to our first break don't go anywhere because there will be more with the disabled independent gardeners association with michelle and sasha on the self-advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM
1: Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM is political
3: Co-op Radio is poetry
1: Co-op Radio is tango
3: Co-op Radio is gay Ecology Comedy
1: Feminism
4: Philosophy
1: Yoga Reggae Bicycles
3: Trade Unions Gospel Live Local Asian African Vancouver Co-op Radio is community.
1: Your community. Vancouver Co-op Radio. CFRO. 100.5 FM. All different. All the time.
0: You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM and the self-advocate with your host, Alison Klein. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AlisonMira or on Facebook at AlisonMiraKlein. If you want to be part of this conversation, find me on those social media platforms. Get involved with me. Talk to me. Right now, I'm talking with Michelle and Sasha of the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association. We're talking about our favorite things to grow and eat and flowers. So I'm going to change the tables a little. What are some of the more difficult things that you guys have found or some of the negative things that you guys have found since starting with Digga?
2: Well... <laughs> I don't um, consider, um, I I love working for um, the Disabled Independent Gardener's Association. I really don't think there's anything negative I can say about it. I think it's a wonderful opportunity um, for those who might not otherwise garden, um, be be able to garden. And uh, whenever I come across a challenge um, of accessibility in a garden, uh, I That's just it. I think of it as a challenge, an opportunity to find solutions and an opportunity to grow and think outside of the box. And that's um, basically the attitude um, of all of our affiliates at the Disability Foundation. We just see a challenge as an opportunity for growth.
0: What are some of the challenges that you guys that you've seen or experienced, Michelle? You mentioned challenges, but what are some of those challenges? Well, <clears throat> um, in in
2: our community gardens, um, we are a member of eight different community gardens as of May 2021. And <laughs> yay, yeah, so um the challenges that we face um on a yearly basis with our gardens is upkeeping of the plots themselves um main maintaining um the the quality of the beds um amending soil um (laughs) the ongoing issue with the automatic timers in of the drip irrigation system that we have installed in our plots, um, maintaining the accessible pathways, um, but, but like I said, um, it's, it's kind of a labor of love, and we're happy to do it, and I'm just happy that we can get people, um, out there and experience nature and grow their own food
0: so it sounds like the positives really outweigh the negatives and the these challenges sound like challenges that a lot of the people in the disability community face accessible pathways accessible places more time before getting wet with the drip irrigation
2: yeah those are those are some of the things that we offer we in our community gardens, um, when Diga becomes a member of one of the community gardens, um, we, we offer um, help repairing raised garden beds because um, many of our members f- find it impossible or virtually impossible to garden in a ground level, a typical garden bed. So to raise them up to a level where someone in a wheelchair or or who is using a mobility device can easily access the the plot and um, tend their own plot. It gives them a sense of independence, and that's really important. But one of our jobs is to um, make sure those are safe, and we are constantly repairing them. And um, another innovation that we um, started last year was we installing automated drip irrigation systems in all of our plots um, across Vancouver. And this enables um, each of the members plots to be watered on um, regular intervals throughout the day. And this allows um, the gardeners to not have to worry about whether their garden is being watered if they can't access them especially during the hottest parts of the summer. That is so important. We, we also offer adaptive um, gardening tools, cu- um, custom-built to the spe- um, specifications of our members. I, um, we actually um, find that sometimes commercially available tools aren't available, um, or I'm sorry, they don't work for our members. So we work together with our sister society, Tetra, to build custom tools for our members.
0: That is so cool. That is such a smart idea to have customizable tools, gardening tools.
2: Anything to promote independence of our members. But we also provide one-on-one support for those those members who um, um, feel like they need it, but... Um, Doing as much of the gardening for themselves is really the point
0: of our program. That is really, really important. And to have that independence, anything to have independence. Yes, it's hard to have the raised beds and have, make sure that things are accessible, but the independence for people is so important. And being able to go outside and garden and exercise and have fresh and healthy food is the best thing ever, I think.
2: I, I definitely agree with you. Um, but on the topic of accessibility, um we can we can talk about um other issues not just um specifically um those related to a person's disability physical or otherwise but when you think of the definition of accessibility you can also think of barriers um like affordability um lack of green space or lack of time or just lack of gardening knowledge as well so um, a lot of our programs kind of tackle a, a bunch of those issues.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of um, the the lack of gardening knowledge that Michelle mentioned can be a big one. And I think that's what our um, what our virtual workshops and, and programs tackle is exposing members to um, just... Various topics that are gardening related, um, various um, techniques and tutorials. I think that it really contributes to the to the broad kind of encompassing nature of of Diggas programs is tackling accessibility on. On all fronts.
0: I never thought of that before. That is also very important to be able to have accessible and affordable food, and having accessible knowledge about this. Absolutely. Um, our
2: programs are affordable. There is currently no membership fee. Um, our programs are grant funded, so and we we accept everybody and anybody. Um, Like you don't need to prove that you have a disability to become a member of DIGA or any of the programs of the disability foundation for that matter Um, So we offer affordable programs because um, they actually come at a low cost or free Um, We we address the idea of limit or we address the issue of limited green space by um, for um, people because we offer accessible gardening and community gardens but through our workshops we offer um, kind of new ideas on how to kind of create a garden on your patio using using recycled materials which is affordable and um,
0: space safe. That is also very important and such innovative ideas to have a garden on your porch. That would be also a lot of fun to do. Yeah. We've we've
2: made gardens out of pop bottles, um, potato sacks. Um, I believe we've even um, made um, a planter out of a um, carved out, hollowed out coconut. <laughs> so, yeah. So we've we've had some pretty interesting workshops, and they're all available um, on our Facebook
0: page and our Disability Foundation YouTube channel. One more question before we I get your contact info and how to find, for the listener, how to find DIGA, the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association. If a person with a disability, either physical or otherwise, want, comes up to you guys and wants to become a gardener, what's one piece of advice you would give to them?
2: Start. Just begin. Just grab, um, grab a cheap planter from the dollar store, some cheap soil, and just, just try it out, plant some seeds, see what happens. Um, I love to garden. I grew up um gardening with my parents, but a lot of my later, um, adult experience came from just experimenting. So don't be afraid to experiment.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with Michelle there. I think that, um, Even just from when I've started my summer term um, working as a co-op student with DIGA, I have found that um, there's a whole world out there, um, a whole world of possibilities in terms of expanding your own garden knowledge. Um, And you start small, but then you take more and more steps and you gain more and more knowledge with the experience that you get um and you also can rely on your community members um i think that that's that's something that i've really taken away is that um everyone everyone that i've um that i've met that's a gardener is so incredibly supportive so willing to share their knowledge and the experience that they've gathered throughout the years um, and that's, that's kind of the, the community aspect of, of the gardens as well, just everyone helping each other out um, and giving advice on whether they've grown something before and they have a special technique for how to grow it, or they know um, about how much water a specific vegetable needs. There's always something to learn from your community and your your fellow gardeners.
0: That's beautiful. Just start. That is so important to learn is to just start and have fun at it. How can the listener find the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association, DIGA, and get in contact with both of you?
2: Well, like I mentioned earlier, you can get in contact with us by reaching out to us on our Facebook, uh, the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association, or you can um, email us at info at um, digabc.org. That's diga.bc.org, dot And we will answer any questions that any of your listeners may have. And we're always um, <laughs> so excited to have new members. And if anybody wants to share any of their knowledge with our members, Um, anyone is welcome to host a virtual workshop and hopefully sooner rather than later in-person workshops so if you have anything you'd like to share and you want to host a workshop we're open to that idea as well
0: thank you so much to both of you Michelle and Sasha for being on my show
1: oh our pleasure of course thank you so much for having us
0: You're listening to the Self Advocate on C.F.O. Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host Allison Klein. Go check the Disabled Independent Gardeners Association out on Facebook or on their website. You can find me on Facebook as well at Allison Mira Klein or on twitter and instagram at Allison mira don't go anywhere because there will be more exciting stuff about gardening with disabilities on the self-advocate there's so much more to learn
1: did you know that vancouver co-op radio cfro 100.5 fm has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All different, all the time.
0: You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM and The Self Advocate with. Allison Klein. On the continuation of this gardening episode, I'm going to replay another interview that I did not too long ago with the Jewels because they talked about both food and gardening. I hope you guys enjoy this one again just as much as I did. So my guest today is Jewels. You is the founder and organizer, Disabled Kitchen and Garden, in Duncan, B.C., so not too far from us. Totally cool. Thank you so much, Jules, for being on my
3: show. It is my pleasure.
0: First off the bat, what was your inspiration for starting the Disabled Kitchen and Garden?
3: Um, I started it because I am disabled multiple disabilities um the ones that pose the biggest problems are mobility related and i and i would have recipes or find recipes and they would be like easy prep 30 minutes to make and it would be two hours later and i'm still trying to prepare the vegetables because it's not easy if you have mobility issues and then there would be um a lot of People that I knew got the Instapot and they, all they did is like, I love my Instapot, you should get one. And then they would complain about it and not talk about how amazing it is to make cooking accessible. found the same thing with the Arrow Garden. It was so hyped up, but nobody actually talked about the benefits. And I was getting increasingly frustrated with recipes that were supposedly easy and disability friendly. And they weren't, and um, appliance reviews that have benefits for people who are disabled, um, but they were never. Those aspects of the products were never discussed.
0: That's so interesting because we no one really talks about how how to make food in the disability community, because, like you said, people with physical disabilities and mobility issues have it very difficult to make food, and we need food to nourish us. I also found with me like I with my learning disability, I found it also difficult to follow recipes.
3: mm-hmm uh, that's what I was gonna comment on <laughs> was that because i have i'm I'm autistic and so I have things have to be laid out in a way that is logical and a lot of recipes aren't logical it'll be like step one and there'll be like five steps in step one and i'm like that's not one step and you're supposed to scan a recipe from beginning to end and i I would get stuck cognitively on step one just being um upset about the way it was organized and you know sometimes I'm assuming the audience has some familiarity with the autism spectrum and how people who are on the spectrum can become obsessive about things that we perceive to be wrong or or out of order or not following the rules and I found that with 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 how recipes are organized. My partner um has a d h d and has a similar problem when it comes to reading recipes is just too much information, not organized in a way that they are able to absorb. So I develop all of the recipes that are on um, disabled kitchen and garden. And one of my aims when I first started, it was to have the recipes clear, like one, one clear instruction at a time so that people would actually have steps that they're, that were easily digestible and were possible where my where my mobility allowed. I would photograph each step because some people need visual um, imagery to to process what they're reading to like they learn both ways. So I tried my best to incorporate. And then ease was the other thing. I I I give a they're tested for mobility issues, so I give clear indication of things that may be a problem and how to how to over how what to do to be able to um not kill yourself in the kitchen by sat, like by working too much instead of and and ending up in pain or just frustrated with the whole process
0: that is so true i found the exact same thing where i'm stuck at step 1 and getting frustrated with myself though I have been known to make a good toasted bagel.
3: <laughs> what do you like on your toasted bagel?
0: Um, peanut butter, jam, cream cheese. It's so good,
3: right? That is, yeah, very good.
0: I Nutella. I love Nutella.
3: Nutella is a bit too on the sweet side for me, but I can understand. Like, I like hazelnut, but Nutella itself is a little bit too sweet for me. I'm I'm more of a savory person. So, but I, I I understand the appreciation for Nutella because I love chocolate too. So it's a good combination.
0: I can make toasted bagels. Step one: take bagel out of freezer. Cut it out of freezer. Step two: put bagel. Separate bagel halves. Step three: put it into a toaster. Step four: grab peanut butter or grab. Cream cheese. Put it on this bagel. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> That's something um, exciting when, when I want to try other foods, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no. So that was that was important to me to break down things in small, manageable steps. So it wasn't overwhelming for a variety of cognitive differences.
0: So you have the the kitchen part, and you also have a garden section of, of your organization as well. hmm What inspired you to become a gardener?
3: So I like making things. I like taking things apart. I like when... Like, anytime I cook something or do art or I'm also a professional food photographer and I just like making things and, and seeing the results. Um, and the Arrow Garden, my someone had asked me about it if I had ever tried it. And I'm like, no. And then I looked into it more and I was watching some videos. I'm like, huh. Because regular garden, like aerogardening, gardening is all hydroponics and regular garden, again, I cannot do because of my mo- because of my mobility issues. It's just even on raised garden beds, my I have mobility issues also in my hands. So just like weeding and stuff like that is a lot of work and it just eats all my spoons. So I decided I was going to get a small, like, Aero Garden Sprout LED. You grow you grow three plants at one time, and it was magic. <laughs> like, I was, it was, it was magic. So, like, you would have sprouts in three days, and then within three weeks, you'd have, like, fresh herbs and stuff that you can harvest. i like, this is amazing. It's like science, and it reminded me of a Star Trek episode where a a bunch of different Star Trek episodes, one where there's like a time warp thing that happens when they go through a wormhole and everything grows really quickly. And another one, there's this little kid who is talking about his science project, about how he um, grew radishes and they came out all in special dirt and they came out all weird. And it just reminded me of that. Uh, So I got another one and it was still awesome. And then I found as I went... That um, the Arrow Guard just having something to do. I also journal my progress, and the pro the the process of journaling my progress was also helping to manage my post traumatic stress. Uh, so, because I have post I have a complex post traumatic stress, and I just found the whole process to not only be rewarding because of like I can grow tomatoes, I can grow different peppers, I could grow strawberries. All I do a lot of I cook with a lot of herbs fresh herbs and i can grow all that stuff it saves money um a lot of money um it's a a really big investment up front but the benefits for both mental health and for nourishment and just the coolness of these plants exploding and being like once they get to six weeks if you're not um harvesting them every two days they just go insane and they overwhelm everything and it's just amazing to watch
0: that is so cool to be able to to do that and to save money and to adapt it to your own needs and your own and the disability
3: yeah there's like managing it like with a regular garden a traditional garden you have to weed it you have to Um, fertilize it. You have to make sure that the weather is like there's a specific time of year that you have to plant. And if you miss that window, your your crop is going to fail. With the Garden, you just add some liquid fertilizer once every two weeks. You trim it every few days and you add water and that's it. (laughs) I mean, it's like 10 minutes of maintenance every few days instead of hours of maintenance, and, and, and you can grow it any time of the year, right? It's not subject to winter or summer or spring or fall. It's just whenever you want to do it, you can garden.
0: Does that help you? Like, I've heard gardening actually very helpful for people with cognitive disabilities and mental illness. Does it help you with your own cognitive disabilities
3: and mental health issues? Um, with, with my autism, it helps in that I, I, it's like, I vibe when I'm doing it. So it's like, I just find my own Zen and I'm just happy. And it's it's similar to stimming, I suppose, in a way. It's just, I just get into my groove and into my pocket. And I just find a lot of peace and solace as I'm doing it. Because it's very methodical. It's very systematic. And it just, it It pleases all of my OCD tendencies and some of the things that I'm very um, rules lawyer about, for lack of a better term, in a way that, because sometimes my OCD gets the better of me. (laughs) Like, I have to really plan my day um, because I'm a stickler for schedules. I have to really plan my days so that I don't get so engrossed in something that I forget to eat or I forget to do basic self-care things that are that are necessary. Um, and with Garden, it satisfies all of those needs in a way that is very time specific. And I know the transitions into it and out of it are very um, consistent. So there's no surprises. And it's just something that it can easily incorporate into my day without it being hugely disruptive. And like, I have to worry that I'm going, that something's going to happen to it and, and that's wrong and go into one of those spirals. And then for, with my post-traumatic stress and it just, just the whole, it makes me mindful because I spend time journaling the progress and measuring the plants and, and doing things that make me I'm present in the moment and it's a grounding exercise so I'm very very present in my environment and I know that I'm safe and I'm and it just chills my whole entire nervous system.
0: I've heard that it just calms everybody down and it calms the nervous system down.
3: Yeah and it's amazing because I never understood why people like to garden because it always hurt me physically to garden traditionally and then I got an arrow garden which wasn't painful and something that was and it was just like, oh, so this is why people enjoy gardening.
0: I've heard that of other hobbies as well, like knitting. Mm hmm.
3: Yeah. I also
0: do. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do my million other yeah things like school and work yeah. and my radio show. And people wonder why I'm knitting. I'm like, it works
3: yeah it works because yeah it's just very there's a rhythm to it there's a pattern to it and you can just get into a nice comfortable zone and just do your thing and just exist and and be blessed out
0: since starting the disabled kitchen and garden have you found other than your own personal growth and your own Zen, have you found other positives or have others come to you about positive experiences from cooking or gardening? Yes,
3: quite a bit. And it's funny, sometimes my partner likes to joke that I started a cult because people are constantly emailing me or tweeting or whatever. It's like, I just got my Instapot or my AeroGuard after finding in your blog and I love it and thank you so much because they were in this, they have similar issue, whether it be autism or ADHD or mobility issues or anxiety because gardening. I also use like my Instapot, just the process of using an Instapot and in cooking and doing something methodically in the way that I lay it out also helps with my post-traumatic stress and, 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 and anxiety that comes from just, you know, having, being diverse, <laughs> neuro, neurodiverse. Um, so, a lot of people have found the same. They're very appreciative that when they they see a recipe of mine that has a cook time and a prep time and all that other stuff that is actually going to be something that they can manage and they can judge reasonably well if it's something that they have enough spoons for or if it's going to be too much for them. Um, I'm also in the process of um, querying a cookbook based off of the kitchen part of it that it's currently in a revise and resubmit. So I'm hoping really soon that I'll have an agent for that. And there'll be a disabled kitchen cookbook that will have, that will not only use the Instapot, but also I'm starting to also develop now air fryer recipes because the air fryer is great if you cannot use an oven. Or, or like there's lots of disabilities where bending over and using an oven's a problem, um, frying on your stove's a problem, and um, air frying is amazing. There's um, a couple bread machine recipes and just a few other kitchen gadgets that if I were to lose, <laughs> I, would be, I would be completely, um, I would not be able to cook anymore, right? Like this essentials to me that I find are really easily adaptable to um, a wide variety of disabilities and will work for a a wide range of people. That was so cool.
4: Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, an idea we're stealing. Vancouver's original community radio station since 1975.
0: You're listening to the self-advocate on CFRO Co op Radio 100.5 FM with your host Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein and on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. So you're locked in right now to the garden episode. This is a repeat interview that I did not too long ago because it talks about both food and gardening. This is the garden episode, all about how people with disabilities garden. And I'm talking right now with Jules, who is the founder and organizer for the Disabled kitchen and garden. We just talked about his journey to creating this and his journey in experimenting in the kitchen and experimenting in the garden, his journey with his disabilities, the positive sides of gardening and cooking. I'm going to turn the tables a little, Jules. Since starting the Disabled kitchen, and garden, what are some of the negatives you have found or received since
3: then? It's not so much negatives, which I'm surprised about. Um, People have been very, very well receptive of it because I, I'm I'm not really sure like the statistics for the number of people who are disabled, like either through an acquired disability or be or they have or they're neurodiverse and they ha are and are artistic or have ADHD or whatever, is somewhere between one and four and one in five Canadians. So it's a really, really high number. So I and I think the the biggest thing that comes though and I think it's just being disabled in general with um what's been happening with covid there's there's been a few comments about how blaming me as a disabled person for people having to be restricted in their activities and and um, having to mask or whatever is like, if you're afraid to go out because you're going to get ill, then you should just stay at home. And I've kind of had those kind of, of of um comments as well. Like when I was when I was querying the cookbook, I had a couple, um, even though like in my query letter, I said, like, this is for the the one in four North Americans who experience a disability in these specific types, um, which are the most common, like cognitive impairments, uh, mental health issues, mobility issues, and neurodiversity. And I had a few... few... um, agents who said that did you not see the audience for the cookbook and I'm like what <laughs> like it's it's there's a lot of ableism in publishing or it's like where well, we already have a disabled cookbook and like no you don't because of, this is the first like it's right in the query letter this is the first cookbook written by disabled person for disabled person there's like maybe two other disability related cookbooks on the market but they're written by abled people who do not actually understand disability because they don't live it and having an own voice as lived experience is extremely important because i mean able people recommend a lot of ableist things when it comes to to managing um a kitchen and and working in a kitchen and gardening like so i think that has been probably those two things i mean i had a lot of rejections that were this is not for me i don't i i see a hard time And that's fine, like that's a personal thing and you need to, the the agent and the author need to be on the same page and both be equally enthused about the project. But the ones that have been most painful and harmful are the ones who have completely um, dismissed the need for something like this.
0: That's interesting. It's not from the disability community itself. It's from outside of the, from people, from outside of the disability community who don't really
3: abled people, yeah. Inside inside the disability community, I hear nothing but positive, and they're just so thankful that something like this exists and that they can trust it. And they're constantly emailing me their own tips, tri- tips and tricks, so that I can incorporate them. Um, and some of them wish I would start a forum so they would have a safe place to be able to discuss their disability because nobody talks about like this is the one area where where we kind of have to figure it out on our own. There's still still so much stigma around it that we really don't have these discussions in public forums for us. So it's kind of like, yeah, like I had to learn on my own how to do this. And one of the reasons, another reason why I started the, my site is because I didn't want to have anybody struggle the way that I did, because I used to cook all the time and then my, my physical disabilities got so bad that I couldn't cook for years and years and years. And I had to learn how to do all of this on my own without the help of an occupational therapist, without anything. So, I mean, I, I just, yeah, if I can save someone that trouble and that pain, then I'm happy.
0: Yeah, of course. It, that's so, that is so good. That is so good. What is your favorite thing to
3: cook? Anything Indian. Or Duke of but I love, so yeah, I had um yeah, I grew up in um I spent my teenage years in a um Punjabi household, and so a lot of my teen years were informed by Punjabi cuisine, so that was that is just as comfort food to me. And then the other is dukkahor borscht, which if you're from BC and have ever been to Grand Forks or the Nelson area, you're very familiar with this very specific borscht that is um, that is specific to um, Russian dukkahors. And I think that recipe is the most important recipe that I developed for the Instapot because so I had a few set of grandparents, and my second dad's grand he was dukkahor. And we would spend our summers in Nelson. And I just have our our memories of hours my Bubba would spend cooking this because it takes like three, four hours to cook by hand. And it's like kitchens full and it was impossible for me to cook on my own and I finally figured out how to get it down to about 40 minutes which is still a lot of time it takes all of my spoons but at least I can do it now so the days that I have enough energy to cook dukebore borscht I'm like oh this is life I this is it so yeah that's those are my thing two things Indian food and dukebore borscht
0: that is so cool I also have a baba because I'm was raised Jewish. Ah, yes. <laughs> and one of the things that my great grandmother Baba Shatsky and my mom now makes is poppy seed cake. Oh, I love poppy seed cake. The not with the lemon, but just the pe- it's made in a, a specialized tin and with sour cream. It's so good. It's so good. What's one piece of advice you would give to a person with a disability or any type of disability who wants to make their own garden or
3: wants to start learning how to cook? Um, Well, you could check out my website, number one, at (laughs) disabilitykitchengarden.ca. But I say if they're wanting to start... I mean, it's really difficult because you don't know what recipes to to trust. But you can, I mean, start with something like a, a potted, you can go to the grocery store and buy already, like, thyme or mint that is already potted and growing. So start with something like that that's really, really easy that you can put in your kitchen window or your living room window if, if you're in an apartment that doesn't have a kitchen or wherever. And it will get enough sunlight and it's really easy to manage. Maybe you might want to do an indoor tomato plant in a big, huge pot. But let's like try a dirted plant first just to see if you have enough um, executive function to be able to, to remember to water it as much as it, needs, as it needs to be watering it. And not overwatering or underwatering it because dirt plants are really difficult. So see what you can manage. Herbs are easy. Tomatoes are a little bit easier, but they start to get more work. Start there, and maybe you just need to, to save some money and start and get an arrow garden sprout and grow three herbs or, or whatever in that. So yeah, start small. And then with kid, with cooking, um, there is, and this 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 isn't to be paternalistic, but there are cookbooks that are geared towards children that help to teach the very basics. Like I was fortunate enough that when I went to school, home economics was still taught and it was also, so we had like one, some one core master of cooking, one of sewing, one of woodwork and one of mechanics. And I, I'm not sure that's the case anymore. And, and people are eating out so much these days that they don't know what to do. So start with something really, Like just basic things. Um, One of my favorite children's oriented cookbooks is actually a Winnie the Pooh cookbook. And I can't remember the title of it, but it's amazing. (laughs) I love it. I still have it to this day. It was the very first cookbook that I had as a child because I've loved cooking like almost all my life. Um, But start with something easy. Um, If you're if you're searching easy recipes online you should know that some once when a lot of recipes that say 20 minutes for cook and prep time they actually mean closer to an hour. So keep that in mind as well and just really take your time um reading a recipe from beginning to end before you even start cooking it because you need to kind of get an overall overall idea because sometimes instructions get that that require you to to have already done something beforehand or where like there's, there's an order to things that sometimes aren't relayed in a way that is manageable for, for some brains. So always read a recipe from beginning to end and just start with something really, really basic and see what you're capable of and just keep, don't be afraid to experiment. Great advice.
0: Don't be afraid to experiment. Start basic. Don't be embarrassed to use the, children's cookbook Winnie the Pooh awesome one
3: how can we
0: find your website Jules how can the listeners
3: find you Jules they can find um, disabledkitchenandgarden.ca for the website Um, they can follow disabled and kitchen disabled kitchen and garden on twitter at disabled kitchen or let me, let me double check that because there's, I had to, yeah, disabled garden, sorry, I'm um, disabled garden, um, on Twitter and they can find Instagram at disabled kitchen garden.
0: Thank you so much Jules for doing this with me and talking about your organization and about cooking and about food and gardening. Thank you for having me. It's so much fun. This has been The Self Advocate on CFRO Co op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Alison Mira Klein or on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. If you missed any part of this show or want to listen to it again, you can find it on inger.fm or wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to be part of the conversation, get a hold of me at any part of the social medias. To end out this show, let's play Better Miracle by Kiprios. Kiprios is a Vancouver-based rapper. Even though he doesn't have a disability, the song Better Miracle talks about having a better tomorrow, but not a miracle. Enjoy more programming everyone.
5: <laughs>
4: Today my window the sun came through Today was a day I thought I'd look to my window. Felt the pain that I knew. The sun heard about it when he came through. Came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Today was a day that didn't need rain. My window looked to me to make a change. The sun rising to the occasion. Came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Oh, oh, oh. Myself, I'm gonna be okay. Remember, Remember. back then i have come a long way. The, the dream, dream may never ever be the same, but came true. Still here with you, and that'll do. I, I know. The road of mine is not an easy way. Remember, Remember that I will define the path I take. A dream, yeah. I'm a dreamer. What can I say? Came true. Still here with you and that'll do. I feel, I feel it's in my fingers. I know it's in my soul now. Don't need I don't need a miracle, just one to get a bit better. I feel it's, it's in my fingers. I know it's, it's in my soul now. I don't need, I don't need a miracle. Just want to get a little better. Oh, oh. I'm not. of regret for last time memories, memories seek to forget never mind the, the hope the hope ain't enough but it's alive and love your love is the one to get me by my life it's never too late to get it right memories slip my mind throughout the night the, the hope, helps me cope with my life and, and love your love is the one to get me by oh, oh, oh. Uh, 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 alright. oh, oh. is here for me to redefine yesterday stay the past i let it die in time i'll be doing fine getting by cause now it's the only moment mattering in life today the today only today yesterday, yesterday never the same never the pain in time love and learn a burn to the night cause now is the only moment mattering in life i feel it's in my fingers i know it's in my soul now I don't need i don't, I don't even need what could, just want.